This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another Double Tap for the weekend. And it's a big weekend of tech news. Facebook laying off more than 11,000 people. And Zoom is now available in a Tesla. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Hey guys, it is Stephen here. Mark Aflalo's here. Hello. How are you? How are you? Oh, right. How are you? Zoom in a Tesla? This is the greatest news, right? I mean, I have to say, this is one of the most ridiculous stories I've read all week. But I love it. And I was just thinking, you know, if anybody was going to get excited about this, <laughs> it would be you. Uh, now, you don't have a Tesla yet. I, d- well, I don't have a Tesla. No, well, I'm, I'm always looking at one, but I just can't justify the price. But but Zoom and like, I, I'm wondering, are all these software updates that they're adding to the Teslas, are these supposed to be unique selling points? Like, are we buying a Tesla for Zoom? Well, yeah, I mean, so the same that's going to be built into, the, I guess, the operating system of the, the Tesla itself. This is according to Drive Tesla Canada. I have to say a website I'm never without. I am always on Drive Tesla Canada. I don't know about you. I can't go a day without reading Drive Tesla Canada. But, um, yeah, for those who don't read Drive Tesla Canada, uh, yes, the news is that uh, the maker of the uh, popular video conferencing app Zoom uh, are allowing drivers to participate in video and audio calls without using a mobile device. Uh, but I'm assuming still using their hands on the wheel because, you know, they're not automated yet. Yeah, I, yeah, I hopefully it won't have too much video component to it. I'm wondering if, if the screen is the screen the Tesla does have a camera on it. I know there's well, like 19 cameras in the Tesla in general, but... Can yes. you like choose the angle? Do you want to see like the side view angle when you're on the Zoom conversation? Do you well, want to see the front end? <laughs> it's likely to use the uh, in-cabin camera located above the rear view mirror, allowing okay. Tesla owners to see exactly what the camera monitors and use it as a live feed. That's actually pretty cool, right? You could just do all your meetings <laughs> in the in the car. I like that. Yeah, I, except so I, I like this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can now get so you'll be you'll, no, okay. So these are the things you can do on a Tesla. You can make it fart if you'd like. You can literally add the fart command to when someone sits down in a seat. You can um, uh, control ninety percent of it with a computer. Like you can you can YouTube. You can do all this stuff. You, you can't Apple CarPlay. You still can't. Oh really? CarPlay. Yeah, no CarPlay, but Zoom, <laughs> not a problem, Stephen. Wow, that is incredible. I, I did once get in a Tesla. At least I think it was a Tesla. I'm sure it was a Tesla. It had the kind of big gullwing doors. It was like very. Yeah, uh, that's the model. That's a Model X. That's the right. Model okay. X. And uh, I had a chance to sit in it. I got the chance to drive it. I mean, what I mean is, I pressed a button on a remote control and it moved forward and parked. And then I was allowed to dr- hit the reverse uh, to allow it to come out. And the thing was, people around me were taking pictures, and I kept thinking, if this car does not see these people. Um, how liable am I in this situation? Because I have got no control over what this thing is doing. I have no idea what it's doing. And I actually did reverse around a van that was in the way. A van had driven into the park where we were where we, where we were sitting and where we were testing at the car. And it got in the way and the, the car drove around it. Because at first I'm thinking, where is this thing going? Um, and I'm just in there. I have no idea what's going on. And then we did some kind of thing where we pressed a button and it started dancing. Uh, it started, okay. you know, the, the doors were flapping and the lights were going and music was blaring out of it. And I thought, you know, this is great. But, you know, there's a little bit of, I, even I was thinking, this is a little bit gimmicky. Just a tiny bit gimmicky here, right? A, a car that dances. I just want to get to, you know, KFC or McDonald's and buy copious amounts of takeout. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, you know what? I just had another idea for a Tesla. Uber Eats, you can pre-order your food so you don't even have to worry about um, you know, when you get to the drive and it's just ready for you. Oh, do you know what stuff that? Just, just, what I would do is if I had one of those cars and it was automated and I was allowed to just use it in an automated fashion, I would put down the passenger door or maybe in the driver window. And then what I would do is send it off to the McDonald's and then just say, look, throw the food in and then get the car to bring it back. I'm not going. I'm not leaving the house. If I don't need to, I could just send a car to do it. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a good way to do it. But how do you? I mean, people just drop it in the window, I guess. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Just drop, you know, just put the window down because it doesn't matter if it's cold inside the car, right? Because no one's in there. Yeah, that's a good point. But you want to keep the food warm. Ah, well, you see, then you have to have some kind of <laughs> shortcut. 
Some kind no, of city shortcut. Oven mode. Oven mode. Oven mode. Oh god! Oh, you know what the future is going to be? It's just going to be these things running around fetching stuff for us. That's all it's going to be. I just hope we're around to see it. That's all I have to say. Is like, as long as we're there to experience all this fun and this stupidity, so we can talk to our grandchildren and say, "Back in my time, we didn't see, have fancy things like oven, have like drive. moving ovens to pick up our food." <laughs> oh it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun right and in the future it's just gonna be i i can't wait because it, it reminds everything makes me think of wally i think that's the the eventual oh, there you go. Of our world is going to be just us on a spaceship sitting in a floating chair everything coming to us and the earth is just destroyed that's that's pretty much it and i don't think we're far off that i think wally was pretty on point yeah no i definitely i definitely uh agree with you um you also mentioned off the top, of course, Twitter laying off, you know, their entire accessibility team amongst other teams. Something, you know, caught me last week. So I was watching CNN. I don't know why I watch CNN. It's just on, I guess. It's better than, I guess, all the alternatives that are out there. Definitely not watching Canadian news. Um, and they were talking about massive layoffs, but they didn't even mention the accessibility team. They talked about marketing. They talked about PR. They talked about technical. No mention. I even took a snapshot of it because I was going to send it to you saying, this is this is the state of the world. Eh? You know, they lay off all this stuff. And and, and thankfully, yep. thankfully, we're here to talk about, you know, things that actually matter as opposed to, you know, it's OK. So you lay off your PR and your marketing team. That's normal. You know, that's normal when you take over a company as you bring in your own people and you and you rejig things. You really want to change the status quo to try and instill change. But, you know, a team like the accessibility team, that's a little that's that's hard, man. That's a hard hit. And I don't it know is. why more people aren't talking about it. Well, I think it's because it's so low down the list of priorities. And I think also, you know, even seeing some advocates talking about it over the past week, it's been really interesting getting different views. And I kind of, I think this is one of the more extreme ends of the argument in that I've, I've seen people say, well, look, when the accessibility team goes, yes, it's not great. Of course it's not. That's not what we want to happen. However, you know, it's like abandoning a house. It's not going to collapse overnight. It will, over time, maybe, you know, things will get a bit rusty and a bit old, but, you know, essentially the foundation is good. We have an accessible platform. Okay. That is not going to change too much immediately. But that's However, not the concern, though. The concern is about the about the forward motion, right? The lack of forward exactly. motion. Exactly. But that being New said, ideas, new things coming in, new, new, you know, if this Twitter blue check system is brought in, has that been tested in any way for accessibility? Yeah. It's the new aspects of it that are the concern. Well, so I guess the, the better question here is what are the future? Instead of maybe, you know, throwing your hands up in the air going, OK, that's it. I'm done. It's done. Accessibility is done with on Twitter. It's the question is, well, what are your plans for accessibility on the platform? Because maybe there are plans that we aren't aware. I doubt it. I'm not, I'm yeah, not going to lie. It. I highly doubt there's any plans in any way, shape or form. I don't know if there's anything yeah, no, no premeditation there. I mean, I, I read a story the other day that said that he's considering charging three dollars two ninety nine a month just to use Twitter. Yeah, it's going to become a paid for platform, and and that <sighs> might, might be the death knell for it. Um, I think I think that's the only thing that can be the death knell. I don't think if it if it remains as is, um, with less tolerance going on for you know, suitable content for content moderation, then I think that might be challenging for many, but I don't think people would leave. And, you know, as I've been saying on Twitter this week, I'm so sick of people who whinge on about leaving. Just go already. If you're going, yeah, it's go. Like, it's like Facebook when the, you know, the whole uh, Cambridge oh. Analytica scandal, everybody left and they're back, they like back. five days later. Exactly. Well, but I need to talk to my grandma. She lives in in, uh, in Istanbul. And uh, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, Twitter, Twitter is the true social network. I think we, we've kind of talked about this all week, but I think... One of the, the big takeaways of this week is there really is just nowhere else to go. I know people are talking about Mastodon and places like that, but it's just not the same. That is not what Twitter is. You know, and Twitter is a place, it's a public square, whether you agree with that, like that or not, it is. You put your words out there and ev anybody, everybody can see them. Uh, you don't get that with Mastodon. It's much more local than that. And I think it's a different, it's a different beast. It's not really built to be Twitter. So... You know, I think people are looking for something. And I'll tell you, if there was a, if someone wants to come up with a brilliant social media networking idea right now, this is the time to do it because, you know, it's a, a place people want to, to maybe get away from Twitter and it would be good to see some alternatives. But at the moment, there just isn't. Um, but, you know, I yeah. think you're right about on, on accessibility. I think, you know, there are concerns, of course, and rightly so, that the accessibility team have gone. But also, I think there's a lot of concern around the fact that. The people who decide what is good content 
what is suitable content, that moderation side of it, that has gone um, and been reduced. I mean, you know, in terms of, I have to be brutally honest here, I, I don't think Elon Musk knows nor cares that he's fired an accessibility team. It's gone by the number of coders and the amount of code they've written. And I think he's just said, bottom X percent, done. I mean, that was that was the early reports. And I, I can kind of buy into that. I don't think he even knows what an accessibility team is um, or cares, to be perfectly frank. I think, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just, I think that's the way it is. Um, yeah. And the fact that the mainstream media doesn't even pick up on it kind of tells you where we stand in the global sense. So, yeah. you know, we had Robin Christofferson on the show on Monday and we were talking about this. And, and actually, he was on the show just the previous week as well. We were talking about all of this. And it was fascinating because he came out with it quite strongly and said, look, as a blind community, we are so, so low, so down the pecking order of anything that you cannot expect and we should not expect to even be considered at that high level. And I was quite surprised by that, to be honest. But I, I, why? I think he's well because we are. We're such a small. We're a small group, and we're a subset of a subset, right? So we're a subset of disabled people. So disabled people, then blind people, and of course, then you've got partially sighted people, people who are, have no vision. Some people have got low vision. So you've all these subsets going on, and that's a, such a small group of people. Now we should stand up. We should absolutely fight for our rights and all this, and and we we should. And that's why I'm against leaving Twitter because I think if you do that. You're just giving up and you're not allowing for any chance for accessibility to survive at Twitter because you've just given up on the platform. Um, it's the, the only way we can really get our voice out is to be on the platform and heard um, because otherwise we don't have, we don't have an option. You know, the only other thing we have is legal roots, you know, Americans with Disabilities Act in the States. That is certainly one area where I think that could be challenged. And I know that the National Federation of the Blind in the States is looking into possibly taking legal action against Twitter for this. This is something they're very good at. Uh, Americans, um, well, the National yeah, Federation. Do they is, accomplish is anything at, at the this. end of the day or does it do they actually? I don't know. I'm asking. Well, they, I don't they, know. well some would argue um, and nobody really knows the truth on this, but some have argued that the only reason Apple ever made their products accessible was because of a lawsuit by the National Federation of the Blind way back when. Um, hey, listen, think back to a story we had when we were talking uh, to, uh, who was it? It was uh, Rob over at Avid and, uh, and uh, Rob, sorry, Ed over at Avid and Rob Barbatier, yeah. CV Wonders engineer, who told us a story that one of the reasons that accessibility even, you know, started at Apple was because of Stevie Wonder. Him and had a conversation. He was good friends with Steve Jobs. And uh, and he was a, he was a you know a little bit of a mentor to him and, and and put the bug in his ear because he was blind and that I think could be argued especially it's, since it's we could heard be the story I here. Will, <laughs> I will say though I will say though that um, I know that a lot of people, especially people who were involved in the court cases and involved in a lot of the work to make Apple see the the the, the wrong way of doing this and make it right, um, they would be quite strongly against any suggestion that Stevie Wonder had a part to play in it, only because they have they were involved in the lawsuit. They knew yeah. the fight they had. So it is, a, it is a contentious one. But, you know, you can argue at least we are where we are. But I think what it does show, and I think the bigger point that I kind of draw from this, and I mentioned it on one of my shows years ago, and I'm talking like a decade ago, you know, it's great that companies like Apple and Microsoft take accessibility seriously. And I used to make the point, yeah, but what happens if one day if it just goes away? What happens if someone just get rid of the team. I wish I had the clip of the interview I did with yeah. someone like 10 years ago when I had this made this point because honestly that's the fear and at Twitter it happened. And that is concerning. That is deeply well, concerning. As far forward as we got, look how quickly we digressed. I'm surprised no one's asked the question on Twitter to Elon Musk saying what are your plans for accessibility and see what his response is because he's very active on the platform and I'm curious to see what he would they respond have been if asked. he would respond. They have been asked directly and to no, him. And no and no, no response. response. Yeah. No response. I don't know if he would know how to respond to that to be honest. Um I remember once calling up the, <laughs> the British Broadcasting Corporation, the good old BBC over here and I remember calling them up to say the audio description was not available on a program I wanted to watch. And the lovely person said, oh, but there are subtitles. Oh, that's that's." And I said, that's great. That's absolutely no use to me, but thank you. Um, <laughs> wow. So, you know, not well, everyone they knew what audio description was. Well, I don't know if they did, did, to be honest, because if they did, they would know that I can't read subtitles. Um, but anyway, the other big story, of course, it's not just Twitter. We're laying people off this week. Facebook, Instagram, letting go over, well, meta, I guess. Um, 
letting over 11,000 staff go confirmed on Wednesday. What's now? Do we know how many, how many staff they have total? Well, they're saying that's 13% of the company. So roughly was 87,000. I saw wow. that number flying around. So that's all, I mean, they've got a lot of staff. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot, a lot. But it's of a lot of jobs to go as well. Eleven thousand people. That is I mean, incredible. their revenue, their overall revenue is down. And, and listen, you know, if you look, if you judge by stock market activity, this company's been in flux for five years now. I mm. mean, it's been up and down and up and down and up and down. And I think it always kind of kind of rallies and comes back up. But a lot of people are questioning Mark Zuckerberg's leadership and the whole shift to this meta name. And this all yeah. in on the metaverse that people are really because he hasn't provided much in terms of direction. We've seen the public facing keynotes and the and the conversations, but there's a lot of people asking the question, well, what does this really mean? Like, you know, give break it down to us in numbers and revenue and, and no no one seems to be getting those answers. So this might be an indication of those answers, which is it's not boding very well, at least on the on the on the front end. So you need to trim the fat in order to make sure that you, you can get it on the back end. And it's the investors who are concerned, right? I mean, they're the ones who are really worried about the amount of spending. And apparently, um, the, the revenue side of this is concerning. Apparently, shares were down 71% in the last year. Um, and this is all to do with the metaverse and, and whether or not, you know, and, and obviously how unclear it is whether this is ever going to come to pass to be anything that anybody wants to be involved in. I mean, is, is it even popular? Um, Listen, I think it will be. I just don't know if they're the ones who are going to be leading the charge here. I mean, branding yourself as the name Meta is kind of, uh, I don't know, a little pompous in my opinion because you have nothing to back it. But go for it. I mean, if you want to. But what is what is that about? Is it because it's Facebook? Is it? Do people just think, hmm? Do I really want to go into this with Facebook? Is it the fact that the, the hardware is so expensive? You know, I mean, we're going through a very difficult time right now. People are not spending as much money as they would have. So. I mean, that's not the case with everybody. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I was in my local city centre just at the weekend, and I was amazed how many people were buying things. And well, it's holiday season now. It's just holiday shopping. Well, yeah, but even so, and... you know, I mean, I was in an Apple store a couple of weeks back, and I was amazed at how many Macs were just coming through. I'm like, honestly, it's like just yeah. an endless parade of people buying iMacs I'm and glad, MacBooks. I'm glad, and... I'm glad they know what to buy. I'm still stuck here going, okay, well, what am I going to do? I have no idea what to do. I'm, a, I'm laptop. Stephen, this is a very important issue, and I think we need to get everybody involved. Okay. I'm laptopless right now. How are you coping right now? Are you all right? Um, I don't leave my house. I find okay. myself. <laughs> there's a there's a movie here. There's a Hallmark movie, a Hallmark a Hollywood, it's definitely a Hallmark, Hallmark yeah. uh, Christmas music uh, movie here. Um, no, Mark's I mean, laptop. Yes. Mark's laptop. You know, I love how he goes from a segue from you know Facebook and what's the future of the metaverse to Mark needs a laptop. I, I think it's um, funny that we've gone from eleven thousand people losing their job to you know what's really bad this week. I don't have a laptop. I mean, come on. And and, and I say that so funny, so so <laughs> hilariously because not only do I have a laptop, but I I have one from Costco that I've I've. Uh, <laughs> bought to try out uh i have a surface pro 9 that they sent me to play with i've got a surface laptop they sent me to play with but but it, it's funny because when they send when they send us stuff and people say oh my god you're so lucky to get this stuff we have it for like a month max like yeah. really like literally a month so it, it's barely enough time to get all your stuff set up and really kind of settled into a computer to really kind of put it to the test. So you, what you end up doing is you kind of, you don't consider it as your main computer. You just do what you want to do on it to just test the, the various things you want to do. So you really don't have time to kind of settle in with it before you have to send it back. So, you know, I, you know, there's no, I don't shy about the, the fact that I've leased my laptops and my desktops before because I want to get really expensive machines that can do a lot of things. And like, there's no way I could afford to put out you know, seven, eight thousand dollars at a, at a at a shot to do it, mm. and so my my lease on my laptop, which was my sixteen inch MacBook Pro, i nine, a beautiful computer at the time, um, was over finally. I've been counting down the days, but I thought, <laughs> I thought that we'd be in a situation where they would have released their new M two, M two Pros and Ultras, so that I could get a new MacBook Pro that's at least top of the line now, and then kind of continue down my very my my merry way. But they didn't. It's been put off. So I don't know what to do. Like, I'm literally laptopless. I've sent it back. Uh, I'm using an M1 Pro from Costco that my intention is to return it. I was just, you know, filling the gap here. But uh, I don't know what to do. I, I'm, I'm at a loss. Do I buy yeah. a Mac Mini and just bring it with me with a monitor? I, 
mean, the, the problem, is, I mean, the thing is, whatever you buy, you're not going to be happy with because you know something new is around the corner. That's the problem. It's, you know, that point in the year where it gets to where you think it's just not worth it. And who knows? There could be a, a news drop any minute. That's the thing with Apple. They could just yeah, announce I, I something. I think we're done. I think we're done for the year. I really do. Well, yeah, based on everything, listen, I mean, if you follow this in the media, if you're shopping like I am, then you know that in Apple's earnings call, they said the holiday lineup is set. Um, there's a lot of indications that said they're not going to be just dropping something like this. No, so, the holiday lineup. I don't think many people would, would be expecting a Mac Pro under the Christmas tree, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, but when they say their product lineup is set, they're not going to they're not going to stir the boat. They don't want to add anything else to the mix because it's going to cannibalize what's out there now, you know? People are still buying MacBook Pros. You know, they're still buying them. Yeah. Um. There's, you know, there's an argument that I should get the MacBook Pro M1 and you know save some money on it and use that because it's more than enough for my needs. But I'm, MacBook Air, Max it MacBook. a MacBook Air with an M2. In you it can't max it out. That's a problem though. Is that you can only get like a terabyte of storage or two terabytes? Is it two terabytes yeah, of storage? Two, I think you get two in it. Yeah, that's not great, is it? Um, it's. I mean, it's fine. It's fine if you if you really manage your data these days. But at the same time. You know, it's a great form factor. My son loves it. You get it. You don't get the great screen though. Um, you don't get all the expandability, those extra ports, and mm. sure you get MagSafe. I don't know. It's 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 a difficult argument. I almost want. I wish I, wish I could just buy something. Just I wish I could just rent something for a couple months. Yeah, it's almost like if you could get like Amazon to do it for like six month return. You could pick a return policy. Just like well, six here's months. A, well, here's the thing. Now this is something for you guys to you know you people at home to listen. What did I say, you people. For you at home, <laughs> for you people, <laughs> we we've hit the threshold now where Amazon is now everything is returnable till January thirty first. Ah, okay. It's something that I don't know when they do it, when they instill it, but it seems right before kind of Black Friday in the U.S. and really anything. So now is the time to to get stuff and try it out from Amazon without. Listen, yes, it's going to be taking money off your credit card, and you're going to have to pay that money back. You know, probably before you have to return the item. I yeah. get that. But you have a longer period of time to really try things out to see if you like it. And they do this because of the holidays. So um, I think it's a it's a cool move on their part. But even things that don't normally have that long of a period of return policy, like Apple products, it's normally, what, two weeks, a month, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now it's still you can buy a MacBook Pro and return it January 31st. That's a long period of time. It's almost three months, um, which is what Costco does. Costco is 90 days on everything. So um, that's why I bought something at Costco, but you can configure stuff on Amazon these days, especially on the MacBook lineup. You can find an M2 and max it out um, and have till January 31st. Well, pretty, pretty, you've, uh, just, you've just given yourself the answer. This is it. Just buy something, then return it, then buy something else and then return it and just kind of kangaroo the whole thing. Yeah, until but the, pro- something the comes process, out. as I you know alluded to with review products, the process of setting it up to use it properly, mm-hmm. like that well, takes a good week out of your life. Yeah, unless unless you get one of the one, you know, because the great thing with Mac is with the migration assistant, which is one of the greatest little tools in there, you can literally just take your Mac and just plonk it onto a new one. Um, you know, it takes like a couple of hours if you connect them up by Ethernet. And it depends how much data you've got on there. If you've maybe got 200 gig of data. But does it work, does it work really reliably? Like I haven't really oh, yeah. done it properly. Like well, everything, like settings, carbon software, copy. everything? Yep, everything. I mean, and it's much better, much better than even when you migrate Your from one iPhone to another. Oh yeah, but I mean, if you if you were to, you know you know how sometimes you'll do that when you use a you do it with the phone, right? Maybe oh, I hate it because backup. it redownloads the apps and you have to reload. You got to sign everything. in everything. Yeah, 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 horrible. Well, it doesn't do that with this migration assistant. Is carbon copy to the point that you know it, because everything's licensed. If, for example, you you are still running the original Mac, <laughs> it'll come up with all these errors saying, "Hang on a minute." I think you've already signed into this over here. Can you do you want to do something about that? Or so it is doing it really well. I've I I love it for that actually. Migration assistant is such a cool feature, and that's a quick way of solving a problem. You just move from machine to machine to machine. Yeah, I'm I mean, solving I problems for you here. Yeah, I like that. You know what? This is a great therapy session. I really really appreciate that. Wow. wow. I learned so much from Double Tap. They should really keep the show going for the next 30 years. <laughs> I totally uh, agree. <laughs> um, listen, stick around. Up next, I'm going to tell you the weirdest thing 
I have been suggest or it has, it has been suggested that I buy on Amazon. I couldn't believe this came up as a recommendation this week. I'll tell you about it next. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Double Tap and Stephen and Mark with you. Do you know, Mark, I get some weird recommendations that come up and I often think someone is clearly taking my phone. I think that's my wife been taking my phone and maybe searching for things on here because things come up that I don't really know what, but I wouldn't buy these things. But the weirdest thing came up and you know that way you think to yourself, have I been talking about this? Is, my, is this thing listening to me all the time? Is, is this hearing everything I'm saying? Because I have been talking a lot recently about modems with you setting up with my Eero kit and all that stuff. And um, I got it all working and everything's been great. But then I get this weird recommendation out of nowhere that comes up on Amazon and it says, you should buy this. Okay. And what was this? A US Robotics 56K external serial data fax modem. (laughs) On sale, brand new. Like okay, I new. Think, you know what? You need, we need, uh, sadly, we need to tell people what that is. I know. It's because no one knows what this is. This is like the original way, you know, time for story time. Um, but this was the original way to get online. This was one of those little modems that would go, you know, that nonsense. Um, that's that's what this is. This was the original way to connect on 56k dial up. You had well, to actually 56K connect was to fast, your phone line. Listen, 56k was fast. It, well, it was fast. Yeah, there was there was worse options than this. But this, I remember actually buying one of these. Funnily enough, from my now wife, and she doesn't like me telling this story because because when I got it, it didn't work, and she was convinced that I'd broken it. Um, to be fair, I don't think I actually had a clue what I was doing with it. Because it wasn't the easiest thing to do. I actually had a Mac at the time. It was a Power Mac 8800. I think that's what I had. And uh, you'd hook this up via serial cable. You would connect up your phone line. And yes, it was actually your phone line, kids. You couldn't use the telephone while this was active because you were using the line. Um, But this is bizarre that this has come up today. I mean, how, how is this even possible? I mean, it's available used or it's available brand new. Um, I want you to take a guess at how much this costs to buy. Where did so it came up in Amazon, or where did it come up? It came up in Amazon. Amazon, really? And, um, and it's like buy buy now. I can get it tomorrow. Well, like, here's here the tomorrow. thing: is you know, I think about oh, the story I read about, about about the original iPhone still wrapped up in a box and sealed, selling for almost forty thousand uh, dollars. This is not going to be the case. No. This is going to be fifty bucks. This is two hundred and thirty oh. or two hundred and forty. Dollars, oh, wow. $240 Canadian. Um, unbelievable. Or I can get it new for 100 Sorry, not new, refurbished um, for 100 uh, And again, available tomorrow. I can get it fast delivery. If there are wow. finance options uh, if I want to, if I maybe want to take it over a period of time. Unbelievable that this would even come up. I, I just, I, and it's a lovely white. I think, I don't think mine was white. I think mine was black, if I remember rightly. My US Robotics 56K. This is kind of, I'm totally confused as to how that would even come up. Who would even would there be a need for that anymore? There's there's no way you would even um, use that, right? Would there be a need for that anymore? Is there any any uh, way that anyone would use it? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I I honestly don't know. I don't I can't think of a situation where someone might might actually use that. Because the interesting thing is over here. I, I don't know what it's like in Canada. You'll tell me. But we have. All our phone network is changing. So basically, the, the original kind of copper landlines are being ripped out. And instead, yeah, fibers are getting put anything. in. And yeah. that's right. And, and what that means is that your actual phone that you have, a lot of people have the landline phone. They don't realize that that's actually connected through the internet. It's not connected via separate cable anymore. So what happens is when the power goes or the internet goes, you lose your phone as well. Now, obviously, most it, it's kind of relying a little bit on people having a mobile phone. And and what you're tending to find these days is that a lot of these um, phone companies are now offering you packages where it's not just your connection. It's also including, say, 4G or 5G connection on top of that. So should the thing fail, at least you've got something. Um, but yeah, but we're moving into different worlds. Uh, you know, I, I had a story the other day that fax machines are dead. 
that you know is you know they're just wiping them out because they don't have the lines to run on anymore. So that's it. Fax machines are out. So you know, sorry people who liked original texting, but um, <laughs> it's gone. The world is oh changing. the world the world is just what are we doing <laughs> what are we doing Stephen this is just what has become of our lives well everything's consolidated <laughs> into one device now it's just everything's in a smartphone and you know people people tell me all the time right they say oh you know you always talk about phones you're always going about phones and it's like yeah but it's really hard to talk about anything else because that's that's where everything lives now that's if you walk down any main street any high street any town any village any anywhere on earth well near enough anywhere on earth. Um, you'll find people staring at phones. That's all they do. They're not staring at Windows laptops. You know, they're not staring into the netbooks. They're not walking around with fax machines under their arm. They're <laughs> holding <laughs> a phone. You know, so of course it's it's the it's the center of everyone's universe now. Fax machines under their arm. I could just imagine. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Where do I plug this in? I I really just send a fax. Uh, 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 um, so there, there's there's a YouTuber that I'm sure. You've heard of him. If you haven't, then uh, I mean, uh, Casey Neistat. Um, Casey oh, is is one of the OG YouTubers. Okay, one of the original okay. YouTubers from way back when. He, um, you know, filmmaker, um, interesting guy. He was the one who started really started uh, doing live blogs, vlogs. He he, he basically coined that style. Okay, mm. and he he's been on and off. YouTube over the past four or five years, he moved to LA, moved back to New York, and recently he moved back to New York, and he ran the New York City Marathon uh, last weekend, I believe it was. And what he did, he did this, I don't even think he expected to get this much attention, but he put up a YouTube short saying that he wants to do a video about doing the New York City Marathon, but because he's running it, he can't video himself. So he asked people on YouTube, via YouTube short and social media to take pictures of him if they saw him, to take video if they could with their phones and send it to him afterwards. He got hundreds of thousands of video and images and he said he has not stumbled upon one that was a bad video or a bad image or a bad quality and the response was absolutely insane. And I'm so looking forward to seeing this video in action because I think that he probably intended this to be like, I don't know, do a five, 10 minute video about the marathon. This is now going to probably take him a month and a half to just go through all the footage and put something together in a proper timeline. And But just the power of social media sometimes is absolutely insane. He has 12.5 million subscribers, okay? When he posts a video, within minutes, it gets half a million views within minutes. That kind of power, like, you know, people, people, you know, like my, my son wants to be on YouTube and wants to do stuff, but he doesn't, you know, Oh, I'm doing this to get views. This kind of influence and power. I don't, it, it's so hard to gain these days. People think they can just pop on YouTube and suddenly there'll be an overnight success. Mm. Um, but then you see things like, like something Casey did and it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. The influence that people, um have over others and and not for bad not it's not a bad thing it's not an advertising thing and yes of course he makes money off it but it's insane it just blows my mind every time i see something like that yeah and it kind of you know i think a lot of people get fixated on like the twitter story and everyone gets fixated on elon musk and actually you know what i don't go to twitter to read Elon Musk's tweets. I did over the past couple of weeks, I'll be honest, because you know it's been an interesting ride. I haven't ever read Twitter whilst eating popcorn at the same time. Um, that was interesting. But I do think that we tend to forget that the reason we go to these places is because we are looking for people. Now, YouTube is great for this because there are a lot of personalities that are being created out of this. Uh, some like, you know, like any, I guess, showbiz over, over time, some people catch on. Some people don't. I'm not going to ask about our double tap YouTube channel numbers because uh, I like working here. But um, you know, it's. <laughs> but I, I think you know it's really important that people just be allowed to do this stuff, and it's organic. I mean, I, I, some of it isn't organic because I guess there's a little bit of work in the background to make things go a certain way. But most of this stuff is organic, I guess. And um, I think it's a real achievement for people who who do that. I mean, I can't imagine what the world must be like for, for your kids growing up because, you know, I grew up in a world where, you know, it took me long enough to figure out how to get my, 
old uh, video camera hooked up to the video recorder so I could, you know, dump the, the video f- from the little eight millimeter tape onto that VHS. Um, you know, nowadays it's all just instant. It's all happening now, now, now. And you can, you can create a masterpiece, a cinematic thing, you know, on a, any computer. Um, it's a different world that these kids live in. And like you say, they all want to be superstars as well, which is, um, which is challenging, right? Because they all can't yeah. be. Well, I mean, of course they can. What are you talking about, Stephen? Everybody can be a superstar. Of course they can. Of it's, you know, it's, can. it's 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 um it's hard because it's it's you don't want to discourage kids from dreaming. That's mm. the last thing you want to do. You don't want to yeah. be that person that says, "Oh, this is never going to happen." But sometimes you have to do that almost just to to make them realize that this is not the everyday reality of the world. You know, they see what they see uh, and believe it to be reality, but it's not. And sometimes you got to knock them down, unfortunately, or let them get knocked down so that they realize it. That's, that's probably the better, the better scenario there where you really got to. And that's a hard thing to do as a parent. It is. Because you don't want to hurt your your kids. You don't want to, you know, emotionally hurt your kids by doing that, but you kind of have to, I guess. I mean, I don't have kids, so I I, I only see this from other people's perspectives. I see, you know, my, my neighbors who live nearby, oddly enough, that's why they're my neighbors. And, um, they, uh, you know, they're always on Instagram and, and Facebook and, you know, whatever else. And, you know, they're, 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 and, you know, you have to almost remind people that this is not their real life. This is just what they decide to show you. Because that's the other side of the coin. This is often the problem that you know, people see a lifestyle. They see, yeah. um, you know, everyone out having great times, lots of drinks, lots of parties, lots of stuff going on. And you have to also realize that isn't real life. That's not what is really going on inside that house and you know for example when the door opened one day and we heard the argument coming from the house you know kids screaming about something and the mom saying get back in your room and all this you know that's the reality but that's not going to be on facebook tonight you know it's going to be the lovely picture of them all in the same pajamas um you know that's the problem so you gotta you gotta be careful and you know i've watched so much black mirror over my life um you know, from its humble beginnings on, on Channel 4 in the UK. Now it's, of course, a big Netflix phenomenon. But, you know, when it started out, it was so true in the sense that, you know, if you watch some of those examples, I feel so much of it has come true. You know, the um, the one most recently that stuck in my mind was the, the rating system. I don't know if you ever saw that one of Black Mirror, but the no. everyone was being rated. So everybody you spoke to got a rating. And, you know, everybody was so lovely to everybody because you never knew. And as soon as an interaction was done, you'd sort of point your phone at them and you'd tap, you know, 4.9. And oh, God, what was horrible. <laughs> and that's that's come to life through things like Uber. Um, and it's created a really difficult situation where you're in a car and, you know, maybe having a bad day, but you have to be really nice because, and that's not easy as a Brit, let me tell you. It's not easy to be nice to people uh, and and mean it at the same time. Uh, and, you know, the idea of doing that or else you get rated down because you are particularly scowling that day or whatever, that's difficult. And that, that's the kind of world we've, we're creating. We're creating this world where if you're not smiling, you're not happy, there's something wrong. And I worry about that. I worry about kids. I worry about their emotional states because I, I didn't go through all this. I mean, on a, on a much lesser level to some degree, I remember when I was at school, I remember, and I'm sure you remember this as well, you would you maybe have a, a fight with someone or something might be said at school or, you know, the, the school bully would, you know, I'll get you after three o'clock or whatever it was, and then nothing would come of it. But you'd come home, and that was the end of it. That was it until the next yeah. morning. But that continues on and on and on now. It continues through the WhatsApp groups and the Facebooks and the this and the that and the Insta talks or whatever they're, you know, doing. Um, and on it goes, and it's just, I, I can't imagine what that must be like mentally to deal with you you often think that kids in some ways have it the easiest today but i don't know if they do no i think there's a lot i think there's a lot of pressure that we don't even realize exists there on our kids and it's um we just got to stay on top of it as much as we can it's not easy it's really it's not it's not easy because you don't want to crush them (laughs) to lighten to lighten the mood a bit there's a and this is totally off topic and not relevant to tech at all but i do find this rather interesting a man has been jailed in the uk just what this story just came in as we're talking. A man's been jailed because he uh, was serving mince pies during lockdown. This is this is the UK for if you want to, if you want to sum up the UK in a story, this is it. A guy's been sent to jail because he was at a shooting club. I mean, there's question marks there already, but he was at a shooting club and he was serving mince pies during lockdown. 
So now he's gone to jail for that. Because apparently, venues okay. at that time were only allowed to operate as takeaway or drive through. So if you'd opened a window and someone had walked up and said, can I have a, a mince pie? He'd be, he'd be okay. But dare they come in and take a mince pie straight to jail? Wow. Welcome to Britain, guys. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to say, Stephen, about that. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's not the worst example of this country, to be fair. We've um, got plenty of examples it's of not, bad it's stuff. It's not at the, the worst. <laughs> it's really not. No, there's some really bad stuff going on in this country right now. But um, yeah, <laughs> man jailed for serving mince pies has to be the best headline I've read all day. Um, do you have um? Do you have problems trying to buy stuff for people in your family for the holidays? Oh God, yeah, even worse now. I mean, they, they all buy what they want whenever they want. Amazon's a killer because what they do is they go, they decide, ah, do you know what? Three in the morning, I really need to buy X, so I'll just buy it, and that's it. So that's the first problem. And also, like I'm saying, everything's the phone now. So what do you buy? You know, I like to buy gadgets. I used to love buying gadgets and gizmos and lots of silly things, and now the silly things are just really silly things. You know, they're not great. I mean, there's, there's I, you've probably got these kind of stores like gadgets. Not even gadget stores, but they're just kind of like silly gadget stores. Like not um, the good quality gadget stores. Like no, that. but it's like, yeah, you know, like a light up cup or a cup you can put on a USB. You know what? We, we really that, don't. You know, even, we honestly don't even have those. Like we got Best Buy, which is, is the combination of all of the crap and the, on all, all the good stuff. So that's pretty much where, you, where you'll find that stuff. I mean, you've got the dollar stores and. Yeah, and, and stuff that have some of the really, really, really cheap stuff. But it, it, the reason I bring it up is because we, we're we're doing the gift guide on the TV show on December 13th. Mm. And I wanted to kind of give people that appointment because it's a good opportunity when, when you know, everybody always asks me, oh, what do I get for this person who's into tech or that? I'm like, you know what? Gift guide's coming up and we have so many options there. And that's kind of why I wanted to mention it because a little, little shameless self-promotion there. But yeah, it's but something it's actually- that I'm dealing with now. Yeah, and it's good to bring it up because actually it gives us a chance to think about what we're going to do in it. And also it gives me a chance to think about what I could get because actually when you think about it, there are a lot of things you can buy and there are a lot of cool things. Um, and you know, I will say that I know it might sound a little bit cheap because it seems the most obvious, but there's nothing wrong with a voucher. There's nothing wrong with a voucher. And actually, you know, dare I say Amazon, but yeah, you know. Get, yeah, it's listen, it's my go-to get what they want. cards. Yeah, they get what they want or... My sister's yeah, Netflix subscription for a exactly. year or, you know, something because, that they, because a lot of people might want that. They can maybe can't afford it. So, yeah. you know, and if you gave them, I, I always remember my family was a thing. We never gave money. You never gave money to people. That's why gift cards were kind of a bit weird for us at the beginning because yeah. we just, we didn't do that. But for some reason, if, it was, if it's a gift card, it feels a bit better. I don't know why, but I suppose it's then <laughs> you imagine someone sitting in, I barely get any money to buy myself a cup of coffee every day. And you've given me Netflix for a year. Couldn't you have just given me the money? I could really have done with the money, but no. For me, you'll get the Netflix thing. Um, yeah, but you listen. You you know, it's it's uh, you don't like to, to pay have fun. For Netflix right? take the money, right? Well, you know, we're all allowed to have fun every so often, so I think that would be okay. But yeah, it's difficult. It is difficult when it comes to Christmas and, and holiday time because you know, obviously, everyone's. Avoid Netflix, though. I would avoid that because uh, these days Netflix is, you know, it's getting as cheap as like $4 a month now with their ad ad uh, supported uh, version. So yeah. uh, I would have you tried that. that? Have you moved on to that? Uh, I haven't tried it yet, to be perfectly honest. And and the reason is because I, I share my Netflix account with a friend of mine. Oh, really? um, okay. Yeah. So I don't want to just downgrade something without Who having doesn't? a conversation. Um, so, uh Yeah. I'm going to have to figure that out. I want to try it out. Dave Brown and I were talking about it uh, from now with Dave Brown about uh, that ad supported tier. And he's, he's all over it. You know what? I mean, I pay close to 30 bucks a month for Netflix. If I yeah. think about it with the premium and the H4K and all that stuff. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know how much I use Netflix these days with everything else that's out there. I've been watching a lot of um, Disney plus because Disney plus has star and a bunch of other shows and movies that, I didn't think I'd like Apple TV plus is getting really good. Some really good documentaries on there. If you're into music, uh, there's a Selena Gomez documentary. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty eye opening when it comes to, um, when it comes to mental health. Um, I think it's a good watch. I'm oh, looking the- forward to Spirited. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't it does this. look kind of funny, doesn't it? There's, there's a new, it's another Ryan version Reynolds of and Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the Christmas Carol all over again, right? It's just another version of it, but this time from the point of view of the ghosts. So that sounds quite fun. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's I'm, a musical. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, and I love it. And I have to say, my favorite 
version of that story was Scrooged with Bill Murray. I, I know yes. it's not popular to like him anymore because you know the Woke Brigade have cancelled him for whatever reason, but I like Bill Murray in that film. I liked that, that story. I just I liked the way he told it. I like the way it was done. It made me laugh a lot. And you know what? Laughing is good. I know that modern people don't like laughing, but I find laughing good. I stand up for people who laugh. I stand for laughter, God I damn it. don't care who knows it. I am for laughter. But uh, not on this show, obviously, but, you know, other places. Um, but it's it, it, uh, there's so many subscription services now, and I feel at some point they've got to either start merging because I can't I can't keep up anymore. It's like... I'm playing whack-a-mole with my shows. I'm like, is that on that net? Was that on that flick? Netflix or that flicks or this well, flicks? Well, here's or, something interesting. So, so Apple TV has been trying to do this for a while where they have this like universal search and it shows you where to do things. The problem I find with it, and this is still to this day, even with the latest update on Apple TV, is that you'll search for a program. It'll show you all the places you can watch it, but it doesn't tell you the services you're subscribed to only. It shows you everything. So, right. It makes you download an app if you don't have the app or subscribe to a service if you don't have it. So you think that suddenly, oh, I can watch this and you click on it. And you're like, oh, you need to subscribe. Now, if you want to see an example of the way you do it properly, Roku um, and all their media players. I know it's not very popular in, in the UK, but Roku is very popular now in Canada. There's Roku TVs in the US and Canada. People are loving these TVs because you've got that media player built into the television set itself. And they've just updated their latest OS and they've actually made this universal search feature extremely useful because it shows you only the places you are subscribed to to be able to watch content. So if you search for something, whether it's with the keyboard or with the voice search, it's only going to show you results that you can watch instantly and you literally click it and just go. It brings it all together in a really nice package. I think that's because they control, I guess, all aspects of their OS. Apple needs to really take a lesson on this one. Yeah. Um, listen, I've just realized, and I, I can't believe it's taken me so long. This has taken me probably the best part of two weeks to get this story out here. And it just came to memory just there. I've got the solution to your Mac problem right here. You don't, you don't have to buy a Mac. This is it. Okay. If you're looking for a new toy, just something to get by with, just to play with for a little bit, I have got the very thing for you. You should buy the Windows Developer Kit. Codename Project Volterra. Do you know about this? I do. The latest ARM device built for Windows, and obviously the whole point here is this is them starting to move towards, you know, ARM. becoming ARM-based. At least, you know, I don't know if it's going to be entirely ARM-based, or they'll do a hybrid or what, but this is where they're going. So they've kind of brought out what was the Mac Mini of its time yeah. before the Mac Mini came out. They, they brought out this kind of developer edition for the developers to get into and try. This is what... They, I mean, you could just buy a Mac and, you know, stick Windows on it. That's the same thing, really. But... um you know, this is the first time we've seen hardware from Microsoft that's kind of gone down this route. Very Mac Mini in style. It's just a box, basically. Yeah. And you could just plug a monitor in and do your developing on it. You should buy one of these. Play with this. That's, that'd be can cool. I, can I power it off a battery pack and bring it wherever I go? Um, yes, absolutely. I've got no idea. You have no idea, um, do you? I don't know. You can buy it in the Microsoft Store. Yeah, so... I, <laughs> I, don't know why that, that's, I don't know why that's a selling point, but I just thought I'd mention it. Here's the thing. When Apple introduced their M M1 processor, they did it on the Mac Mini and they made it a developer thing and let people play with it before they really did anything. I think I even got a developer one. Did I get a developer? I don't remember. Um, it wasn't that expensive. It was an opportunity for people to play with it. But somehow, I guess with their just vast, vast amount of followers and just developers for just the Mac ecosystem, they were able to create this incredible buzz that really helped them springboard themselves onto their new Apple Silicon. Mm. ARM, even though it's ARM-based, I get it. I completely get it. I don't know what it is about the Windows side of things, but they're extremely behind when it comes to that. And I don't know what it is because there are so many more Windows PCs out there than Mac computers. You'd think people will be hopping all over the place to get their stuff working on it, but... Everything I read about, everything I hear about, ARM, 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 even the new Surface Pro 9 that has ARM and 5G, it's just not ready yet. It's not there yet on the Windows side. It's still not even in some cases using 64-bit operating systems. It's still using a 32-bit version of the ARM operating Windows. And it's, and it's a watered-down version of Windows. It's not even the same thing. 
So I don't know where Apple did right and Microsoft is doing wrong in this aspect of it. There's got to be more to it than what we just understand. But I don't know. I yeah. don't know where it's going. I, think, I, I don't think know legacy where is a big problem with Windows, though, isn't it? I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who works in, in the world of nuclear, um, and he was telling me that, you know, that, 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 I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I'll say it. It's not my pro, it's not my job in the line. But, you know, essentially, <laughs> uh, the submarines that, that float around with all the nuclear, you know, gubbins, I'm using technical terms here, I apologize, N- nuclear related terminology. Um, but the gubbins inside like run off Windows 98, you know, still running with floppy disks and stuff. Um, in this country, you know, from from our point of view, so you know, take that Russia, you know, one bug and we're all dead. Um, but that's you know, that's just like crazy, right? That that's still the case, and and it's because that hardware hasn't been updated, and it's, obviously yeah. that's critical. Um, that you, you still have, like, I mean, I used to make the joke you can still find the sound settings from like way back that we still use Windows R for a run, you know, but. A lot of applications clearly still need all that. So even in Windows 11, all that stuff still exists. It is incredible. And that, I guess, is kind of hampering the success because really what you want to do, I think, if you're Microsoft, is start again. You know, maybe just have a yeah, cutoff they, listen, point, everybody support says everything we do back it. and move on. Everybody says, oh, it's been redesigned from the ground up. Yeah, okay, then no, I can, why can I really. still run PowerShell? You know, yeah. like, I mean, it's just... They're just piling on. It's all yeah, piling on with Windows. It needs to yeah. it needs to have a clean break. Actually, that's the best thing Apple did, uh, because what they did was they, they started again, to some degree, with uh, Monterey when they brought it over to ARM. It was Monterey, wasn't it? And, um, yeah. you know, th- that, was the, that was the right thing to do. They rewrote, and I say they rewrote it because there was a lot of code that they just obviously copy and paste it over, and that's fine. That's what they do. And then figure out how to make it work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit more than I guess that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but it just—it's interesting, you know. But anyway, look, we're out of time. But it's been, what? Uh, yeah, I know. Who'd believe that's an hour? Well, unless you thought this I was thought a bit we, I thought drawn we were out two hours case, then. Are we not? Are we two hours now? Right? Great. Well, you—you'll be finding your room for an hour, won't you? Yeah, yeah. I can talk to my son. It's going to read news. <laughs> Zoom is coming to our Microsoft territory with email and calendar services. Let's talk about that, Mark. Okay, Mark. Let's well. <laughs> I'm off to install Zoom in my Tesla. Um, it's never a good week. You have a good week. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.